motion allows us to feel like we're making progress without running into the risk of failure. Most of us are experts at avoiding criticism. It doesn't feel good to fail or to be judged publicly, so we tend to avoid situations where that might happen. And that's the biggest reason why you slip into motion rather than taking action. You want to delay failure. If you want to master a habit, the key is to start with repetition, not perfection. You don't need to map out every feature of a new habit. You just need to practice it. This is the first takeaway of the third law. You just need to get your reps in. Week three of our four-part study of the book, Atomic Habits. If you haven't joined us for our first two episodes, pause what you're doing. Pause this episode. Go back, listen to part one, which was two weeks ago, uh, and then part two, and then I said, like I said, part three is today of the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. You know, we talk about the new year resolutions, setting all these big goals, but the truth is you're never going to reach those goals unless you set up systems and you create habits and things that you can put in place to be able to ultimately reach those goals. So that's the study in the series that we're going through right now. It's been a lot of fun. It's been eye-opening. Uh, I think a lot of these things we did intuitively, but we didn't have a name for it. But then there's also a lot of new ideas that I never thought about before, new ways of thinking, which I've really enjoyed. I don't know what you think about this uh, yeah. this book so far. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think a lot of these kind of have carried over from some of the other disciplines in our life that, that we've gone through, whether it be sports or our careers. Um, that you just kind of innately do or are built into it in order to progress. But this puts a name to it, which, you know, a lot of times, right, it's not real until it has a name. Right. Yeah. Um, and and this has just, it simplified mm-hmm. everything. And, and you talked about, um, you know, resolutions and changing your life and, and progressing and accomplishing the things that you want to. Um, the challenge is, is willpower only lasts so long. Um, I mean, when you, when you talk about power, you think, I think of like a car, right? Is you can only, you can only push the gas for so long until you run Mm -hmm. out of gas. Right. Um, and what this, this book does atomic habits is it creates that foundation for sustainable power, right? Now, now you're talking solar power. Now you're talking like electricity. And so it, what it does is it gives you a, a, a foundation to lean on when you do struggle, when, when you don't want to do something when these habits are created intentionally um, using a lot of these skills that this book talks about and, and explains is now you don't even have to think about it when you're not thinking about it and you're doing the right thing. That's when you're seeing growth. Yeah. Yeah. And he talks about, and he breaks it down into four laws of habit change. And last week we covered the first two laws, which number one is make it obvious, make mm-hmm. the, the, the habit obvious. Number two is make it, um, what was number two specifically? I know, I know, make it attractive. That's attractive what. So that's right. number one, make it obvious. Number two, make it attractive. Today we're going to dive into uh, laws three and four, which are make it easy. And then the final law, which brings it all together, is make it satisfying. Mm-hmm. And we're going to jump into that here in just a second. But I did want to do uh, a wellness tip of the week. 
this week, which is always is brought to us by our friends at Sleep Number. Which I think these episodes could be wellness tips yeah, in themselves. It's all, yeah, it all kind of We're going to give you a little extra <laughs> for free. But like I said, brought to us by, friends at, by our friends at Sleep Number. We say it every single week. I have not gotten better sleep that I can remember than the last two months since we got our Sleep Number bed. Yeah. The technology that they use, the innovation – it truly is. It's not us just lip saying lip service. It truly is a game changer, and it's made such a difference in not only my sleep, but my wife's sleep as well. Yeah, and there's a, there's a warning here because when you get a sleep number, just be prepared. <laughs> so I was on vacation last week with my family, and it was it was unexpectedly amazing. I was really nervous. It was Disney with four kids, and it was just it was I was anticipating pure chaos. Uh, ended up being a great trip, but literally at the end of the trip. And I unplugged. I turned my email off. I, it was the first time I've done that in a long time, even over the holidays. And it was the first time where I was like, all right, I feel amazing. I'm plugged in. But I want to go home because I literally want to sleep in my bed. And, and this, I'm not just saying that because, like, they're a partner of ours. Truly, Tiffany and I were flying home. And, we're, and I look at her and I go, hey, how excited are you to get, like, back in our bed? And she goes, no, I've been thinking about it for the last, like, three days. Because there's nothing worse than sleeping on something amazing and then going to sleep in a hotel bed. Yep. Yep. And then it's just, like, everything's out of whack. Yeah. But and, and, you know, what's funny is the, the bed was actually checking in on me. Like, literally, I got a notification saying, hey, you haven't recorded a sleep score mm, in four days. Yeah. Uh, and, and I can't remember exactly what it said, but it literally was like, Hey, just, oh, it's like I've, my bed was thinking about me. I haven't been away from the bed that long. Yeah. And so that. I that's got cool. a notification and I was like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But it reminded me. And then I had yeah. like bed envy. I just wanted to go back home, but <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it honestly is amazing. And I agree yeah. with you. I haven't slept as good. And then, you know, we, we gave ourselves a couple days before the week started and man, three days, three nights in that bed since we've gotten home, it's like, I'm a new person again. Yeah. Yeah. So be warned if you get a sleep number bed, which we all think you should, obviously it, it'll spoil you. So yeah. get to sleepnumber.com or get to yourself to a local store. They're all over the place. Uh, and that's, uh, one of those sleep number retail stores. So thank you to sleep number. The DM I get the most, or we get the most as a, as a podcast regarding these wellness tips is, Hey, who do you guys trust? Who are some people that you look at in the industry? How do I know who's telling me the truth? Who's just trying to sell me something? Who do I who do I know that I can count on the information that they provide? So who are some guys, who are some people that you guys look to as far as your wellness goes? And so what I did is I put together a little list of trusted sources, people that I look up to, people that I know are going to tell me the truth. And like I said, they're not just going to try to sell me something. And so what I did is I put together a list and I broke it down to three different categories. We have our fitness and health category, which to me, I think of exercise and the actual uh, the, the process of becoming more fit. I, the second category I put is rehab and injury prevention. As we get older, this is huge, right? We all think about wanting to work out and really grind in the gym and getting after it, but your, your injury prevention, your rehab, those things are just as important, if not more important for that. And then the last category I put it in was nutrition. That's obviously a hot topic and, and always going to be something that people are concerned with is what resources do you guys trust for nutrition? Because you can hear one thing that one guru says, and then another one says the total exact opposite thing. So how do you know who to trust? So this is a list of people that I've trusted ever since I got into the fitness industry over 10 years ago. These are the people that, that I rely on, and I know that they're telling the truth. Uh, and like I said, section one, the fitness and health. And this is, again, more exercise-related. 
First one I list, and th- these aren't Instagram models. These aren't people that are just, you know, have the a good YouTube, body. The, yeah. the YouTube ad yeah, pop-ups. They, yeah, these yeah. are people that have actually dedicated Want to know what lives. Gerard Butler did, what he ate <laughs> right. to get shredded for right. 300 These are actual scientists, people that have actually dedicated their lives yeah. to the science of exercise. There's a difference, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just, hey, this worked for me, so everybody else should do this. These yeah. are guys that actually study this and put people through through studies on this. Number one is Brad Schoenfeld. Have you ever heard of Brad Schoenfeld? I have not heard of Brad. Yeah. So Brad is a scientist. Am I allowed to like follow these people as you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Brad is a scientist and a PhD and he's kind of known as the God of hypertrophy and hypertrophy is the science of muscle growth. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of known as the head of that. So if building muscle and, and changing your body is something that you're interested, Brad Schoenfeld is a great resource. His website, Tyler, you'll like this name. His website is lookgreatnaked.com. Yeah. Is there a better website name than lookgreatnaked.com? Because he cuts right to it. That's what we all want. <laughs> yeah. That's and by what we're the way, just, really honestly just, concerned about. Yeah, that, that's all we care about, really. Google uh-huh. any of these names, and you'll be able to find all their... I'm not going to go through every single one of their websites and, and how you find them. Just Google their name, type in their name into Google, and uh-huh. you'll find everything. Next one I look at is Peter Atia, and he's a medical doctor out of Austin, actually. But he has a great podcast um, called The Drive, which is a phenomenal resource. He has weekly conversations, real conversations with doctors and other scientists about Mm -hmm. fitness and health. So he's a great resource. Andrew Huberman, he has a podcast called The Huberman Lab. And he's a scientific or sorry, a scientist out of Stanford. He's a a professor at Stanford. Um, Andrew Huberman. Brett Contreras. Have you ever heard of Brett Contreras? Brett, I have not. This is another guy you'll like. He's known in the industry as the glute guy. And when I say glute, I mean booty. <laughs> he is known for the last 15, 20 years What's his name to again? Brett Contreras. All right. He's dedicated his life literally to the butt muscles. <laughs> all right. And all of his clients are female. Most of his clients are female that are looking to improve their body composition. And Ben. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it sounds creepy, I get it, but he's a great resource for all things fitness, but specifically if you're uh, if you have the desire to build your glutes, um, the Mind Pump team, mm. and there's three different guys, and they've got the number one fitness ranked podcast in the world. Mm-hmm. There are three guys who started a podcast eight or nine years ago, and they're called Mind Pump. Whoop! Tyler and I wear a whoop strap. And it's I just a, got the 4.0. Oh, nice. Literally last night. Yeah. We're not associated with Whoop, but it's a device that you wear on your wrist. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it. And it gives you all sorts of uh, health markers, sleep, heart rate variability, respiratory rate. It gives you all these variables to help you determine um, your health and your fitness level. But what's great about their website is they have a whole section of articles. Mm. And you can just geek out for hours and get lost on all their articles and that's whoop.com. Advanced Molecular Labs. They're actually a supplement company, but what they do different is they actually put out studies. And again, same thing. You go to their website, they have a whole resource of studies and things mm-hmm. that are really good resource. Two more that I'll highlight. Chris Henshaw. I know we've got a lot of CrossFit uh, folks that listen to our podcast. He is the aerobic god of CrossFit. Every single top competitor in the CrossFit games goes to him if they want to improve their aerobic capacity. And that's he, actually what his Fraser worked is. with him on yeah. his Fraser works with him, right? Froning works with yeah. him. Every, he actually lives in Cookville, which is Rich okay. Froning's hometown. Yep. Um, but an unbelievable resource from an endurance standpoint and yep. performance. So if you're interested in endurance, he is 
unreal. And the last one I'll highlight, this one goes back to more fitness and bodybuilding, um, which again, we all want to look great naked, is Joe Bennett. And he is also known as on Instagram, the hypertrophy coach. Okay. And again, hypertrophy, the, he the, is the science of building muscle or the, of all those names, he is the only, the second one that I know <laughs> of all of them. Yeah. So, so he's great because he's a meathead just like all of us, yep. but he actually understands the science of training yep. and can give it to you in a more advanced way than just your typical bros yeah. and, you know, curls and things like that. So he, he does, he does a great job of breaking down why you do certain exercises, why you're doing certain amount of reps, you know, what kind of volume you're doing and, and the science behind it. And it's, and he's a, a very intelligent guy. And then, you know, the results show too. Yeah. He's got a great website that yeah. you can become a member of. I think it's, it's only like 10 bucks a month. It's something crazy cheap. Uh -huh. And he gives you everything. He gives you really? programs. He gives you articles. He gives you videos, how to exercise. Like it's an unbelievable resource for only 10 bucks a month. It's a yeah. steal uh, for what he's doing. That's hypertrophycoach.com. The next segment is more rehab and injury prevention. Number one, I got to give our guy some love, of course. Knees yeah. over toes hey. guy. How have you, how is that program being, and I'm calling, I'm calling you out on air. How is that? Because he, what he did is after coming on the show, he gave us three exercises. And he's mm -hmm. like, hey, look, this has got to be the foundation of everything yeah. that you do. Yeah. How, has, how has that been for you? Is that something that you've been sticking with? Uh, to be clear, he gave us three exercises, which by no means, way, shape, or form is going to transform your life. Uh -huh. But he has an entire website. And again, he has a membership website. And I haven't joined that, to be honest with yeah. you. I've only done his three exercises, and yeah, it's been great, but mm. for me to sit there and think that's going to totally transform my life, yeah. it hasn't done that. It's yeah. Three exercises. Yeah. Uh, but he has, he's literally transformed thousands of people. He posts reviews all the time on uh -huh. his Instagram, and it's crazy the, ma the amount of people that have said, you know, I had this major knee injury, I never thought I'd walk again. You've totally saved me. And these yeah. are 50, 60, 70-year-old people. It's not mm -hmm. just young mm -hmm. people that bounce back like that. So. Mm -hmm. Go check out. So, so to be honest with you, I don't have personal experience, but yeah. I do know that I thousands of lives have been transformed. So right you now. know how I do it. I ask questions to set up so that I can uh, talk pretty so much. Here you go. But no. So in, in the gym that I work out at, uh, I've get, it's, it's a, a wide range of people, right? Age wise. I mean, we've got 75 year old women to there's some teenage kids working out. Um, but a number of them have had and are limited on mobility, especially in their knees because of the years of being told how to do certain things. So he gave us just, he sent us actually some equipment mm -hmm. and, um, uh, working on the, the tibias actually, which is kind of a weird deal. You're thinking, okay, why am I working tibias? I'm, you know, that's not something that I'm, I'm not a professional athlete anymore, but between the backwards walks, the knee and ankle mobility, and these tibias, I've been doing those, and I've only been doing them three days a week. But doing squat cleans, doing squat snatches, doing power cleans, doing my knees, and I'm not saying it's okay, hey, I, I completely, but I would have a lot of soreness, and it would take me a long time to warm up my knees, but actually working on the mobility, my squats have gotten better, my even my hip mobility has gotten better because my knees are functioning the right way, and just, what, two months? Yeah. And so it has 100%, I feel the impact, I'm not saying it's changed my life yet, and he, he said it's going to take you six months of doing this before you're really going to see, like, big change, but... I've actually gotten other people in the gym on the same program and are doing the same three exercises at the end of the workout. And they've already commented saying, Hey, I already feel better. Like it just feels better going deeper in a mm -hmm. squat. It feels better 
warming up. My lunges, it doesn't hurt in the front of my knee like it used to anymore. Like already there's been a difference. So yeah. that's, that's that's a awesome. good follow. Yeah, so definitely knees over toes guy. Uh, I'll rush through the rest of these. Functional range conditioning, and that's a, a guy named Dr. Andre Ospina who created that, that program, and it's basically full body mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very interesting methodology to mobility and, and, and feeling better. Dr. Trevor Bachmeyer, AKA Smashworks. So if you go to Instagram, he's at Smashworks. He's also on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Tons of great material, tons of free content that he provides. So if injury prevention, um, Dr. Trevor Bachmeyer, AKA Smashworks. The Supple Leopard, that's another one that's big in the CrossFit community. Unbelievable. He's got a massive, uh, I don't know how big his book is, but it breaks down every single joint in the body and gives you a list of exercises you can do if you're trying to improve your mobility and training in there. It's, uh, so and the I, I do have to say something because that, that added three years to my career because oh, wow. I had major hip uh, and ankle mm-hmm. flexibility issues. And, and following that program, you know, some trigger point stretching. He uses a lot of lacrosse balls and bands, and yeah. there's a ton of stuff that he does. But it, it legitimately added three years to my career. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's the book, The Supple Leopard, and that's Dr. Kelly Starrett. <clears throat> the next one that not many people have heard of, I actually read this book seven or eight years ago, and I guarantee you've never heard of it, but it's one of the best movement quality books I've ever read and that I would argue is out there, and it's called A Guide to Better Movement. Pretty clear, pretty clear name, right? And that's written by Todd Hargrove. It's really weird. There's unconventional exercises, mm-hmm. but it's interesting because he goes through the psychology of movement and actually talks about how your brain's involved. Very, very fascinating book. And his website is bettermovement.org. The last two in the rehab injury prevention column, Dr. John Russin uh, on Instagram and then Squat University. Tyler, you may be familiar with Squat University. Um, he's a gentleman. He's, I think he's more Olympic weightlifting, but I, I think he's also he's kind of dove yeah. into the, to the mm-hmm. CrossFit community as well. Mm-hmm. So that's where I go to. Those are some good resources for rehab and injury prevention. If that's something that's on your mind. And then lastly, nutrition, probably the most polarizing subject outside of politics that we could mm-hmm. possibly yep. <laughs> have. Uh, and so I've listed a couple of resources that, that I trust in the nutrition world. Number one, again, former, uh, two former uh, formerly Darren Woodson show now one shot podcast guest, Dr. Lane Norton, yep. his wife, Holly Baxter. Yep. Unbelievable resources. They have an app called carbon diet coach. Uh, that's a great resource to get you on track. So that's Lane Norton, Holly Baxter. The next one is Alan Aragon, another great resource on Instagram and on the internet. The third one is a little bit more granular. You're going to, you have to really nerd out and get super scientific. His name is Lyle McDonald. So for our science nerds here that listen to the podcast, you'll probably enjoy him, Lyle McDonald. Precision Nutrition is another one, and this is more of a, of a nutrition course that they mm-hmm. provide. But they, they're really good about dumbing things down and putting it into practical yeah. terms and practical actions that everybody can take, and that's mm-hmm. Precision Nutrition. And then the last one I'll highlight, and this is a book that I really enjoyed called Fiber Fueled. Yeah, and the yes. author of that is is Doctor Will Bolshevitz. I don't know how to spell his name. Just type in fiber fueled yeah. on Google, and you'll find him. But he gave me great insight and a way to think about how our nutrition actually affects our affects our gut health, yeah. which ultimately affects everything. Yeah. So he was a great resource, a book I really enjoyed. We're we're gonna try to get him on at some point. Yes. Um. But anyway, that's a list of of resources I'll I say, trust. I'll say I'll say this though, as you're 
as you're looking through specifically nutrition, um, just be weary of anyone that is pushing one certain type of diet. Right. That's a good point. Um, anybody that, and, and they, you know, they use the word zealot a lot. Anybody that says, Hey, this is the way, this is the one answer. This is it because you know, everybody's, um, everybody's body makeup and chemistry is different mm-hmm. and everybody's, um, environmental factors are different and what they've done. So you talk about gut health. Okay. How you process certain foods is different than someone else. Right. So I would, we would encourage you to follow someone that, that uses science that uses these meta analysis, which is the study of studies. Um, when they're, when they're going through it and not just, you know, Hey, you've got to do keto because the Navy SEALs are doing keto because keto has been proven to increase oxygen at depths underwater. And because the army's doing it, everybody needs to do it. No, that may be something that, that works for you, but be very, very weary of someone that says that their way is the only way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, at what, Name me one category of life where there's only one way to do things. That's right. right? So that, to your point, that's exactly right. Be weary of people who are only pushing one solution. Yeah. So, again, I know it's that's daunting. I know fitness and health and nutrition, it can be confusing. But those are some resources that I trust and that I think you guys will really enjoy. So go back, rewind this, pick up some of those that, that you, uh, you want to follow. Um, and that leads us into our segment today or our, our – our, episode our real episode today which is the third and fourth laws of the book atomic habits and behavior change and the third law is to make it easy and i'm going to warn you guys that there's going to be a lot more reading today than maybe the last two weeks first of all that's because he says things a lot better than than we could (laughs) he's the expert but second there was just so many good things in this book in these two sections in particular that I, I kept trying to find ways to to limit it or, or maybe take out some things that to read but I, I just couldn't this is as, this is as bare bones as I could have possibly made it mm-hmm. um, because there's just so much gold in these two sections in the in these three or in these two laws and law number three is make it easy and he talks about two things obviously he gives just like every other chapter he gives you some practical things to actually how do you make a, a habit easier to to, to do uh, but two things he talks about before he gets super into that is one is activity versus productivity. Mm-hmm. And two is how long does it take to form a new habit? So when we talk about activity versus productivity, and I hate to give our colleague credit, but we have a colleague that says this all oh, the time. We hate the fact that we're doing this, <laughs> by the way. And he talks about this concept all the time. And to me, if you're only going to take away one thing from this entire book, if you didn't hear anything else we said from this book, I think this segment is probably the biggest piece of gold that you could hold on to. And I'll explain why more here in a second. But from the book, he says, it's easy to get bogged down trying to find the optimal plan for change. The fastest way to lose weight, the best program to build muscle, the perfect idea for a side hustle. We are so focused on figuring out the best approach that we never get around to taking action. I refer to this as the difference between being in motion and taking action. The two ideas sound similar, but they're not the same. When you're in motion, you're planning and strategizing and learning. Those are all good things, but they don't produce a result. Action, on the other hand, is the type of behavior that will deliver an outcome. If I outline 20 ideas for articles I want to write, that's motion. If I actually sit down and write an article, 
That's action. Sometimes motion is useful, but it will never produce an outcome by itself. It doesn't matter how many times you go talk to the personal trainer, the motion will never get you in shape. Only the action of working out will get the result you're looking to achieve. If motion doesn't lead to results, why do we do it? Now this section talked to me big time. If motion doesn't lead to results, why do we do it? Sometimes we do it because we actually need to plan or learn more. That's a good thing, right? You need to plan, you need yeah. to learn. But more often than not, and this one's talking to me, we do it because motion allows us to feel like we're making progress without running into the risk of failure. Most of us are experts at avoiding criticism. It doesn't feel good to fail or to be judged publicly, so we tend to avoid situations where that might happen. And that's the biggest reason why you slip into motion rather than taking action. You want to delay failure. If you want to master a habit, the key is to start with repetition, not perfection. You don't need to map out every feature of a new habit. You just need to practice it. This is the first takeaway of the third law. You just need to get your reps in. What you think? It's not just not just speaking to you. Yeah, I mean, that, I ran that, through that punched as, me right in the forehead. As you were reading that, that, I'm literally <laughs> running through like three scenarios in my head personally. What are some scenarios? Name, name one, because I have one as well. Yeah, well, I mean, let's just let's just do fitness, right? It's okay. Hey, I'm you know I'm going to and I and I did start a little less than a year ago, really consistently working out again, like on a plan, you know, part of a community. So that's that's been good, but. I've not taken over. It's okay. Hey, what, what's my meal and my nutrition going to do? Cause I have not affected that has not been affected. Like I haven't changed that at all. Um, you know, what, what am I going to do personally? What's my side hustle? And I keep talking about, you know, we've got the podcast and, and we love this, but it's like, what am I really doing? And it's like, I'm planning, I'm thinking I'm this, but I'm not actually taking action, but I feel like I'm busy on it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my day is busy, but am I up at, four o'clock spending an hour hour and a half before I work out I was watching tv last night and I'm like okay it's it's 8 30 I literally could have got I could get two hours of work done right now but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm watching tv yeah yeah you know what am I doing I'm thinking about it yeah well that actually ties into the habit of watching tv is easy mm-hmm. and that's why you do it mm-hmm. it's much more difficult to go focus your attention on your day job or the podcast, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's so easy just to sit there and watch TV. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's talking about. That's why it's become a habit because yeah. it's the, it's the, and we're actually going to talk about, um, he calls it the law of least effort. Mm-hmm. We're going to get that here in a second, but that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. The least effort is to sit there and watch TV. Yeah. The harder effort is to actually get up yeah. and do work. Justifying it like, oh, I need to recover because right. I'm tired. Oh yeah, I do that busy. too. The, the example I think of, and I've mentioned this before, a, a habit that I want to, improve upon in the new year is my business development habit. And we say this all the time, but for those of you who are new, our day job is in the commercial real estate industry. Mm -hmm. And it's a sales job is what it is. And so obviously like any sales job, you have to do cold calling, warm calling. You have to prospect is what we call it. It, It's basically the act of trying to get new business. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy in our industry. Like one of the things they call it walking the market is, is, is the, the term that they use. And that's basically like for me, I focus on big warehouses and, and you know, you see all these industrial projects wherever you live. I'm sure you see big warehouses. Walking the market would be going door to door of those warehouses and trying to talk to whoever makes those decisions at that warehouse of, 
you know, their future real estate needs. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we call walking the market. So for me, a real easy action or sorry, motion is driving the market, which these markets are huge. I mean, you're talking 150, 200 companies in a small little area. Yeah. And so what's easy for me to do and feel like I'm accomplishing something is driving around and writing down the tenant name. So I look at the sign. And so I'll write that down because in my head, I'm justifying saying, I'm going to make my plan. I'm going to make my list. I need to know who I'm calling. Right. So I'm going to write all these companies down and I'm going to go back. I'm going to research who the right, instead of actually getting out of my car, going and knocking on the door, talking to a person and trying to get information. That's scary to me. Right. That's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm taking a risk when I do that, but that's the action that's actually going to get me and help my business yeah. develop. Me driving around, writing down names, yeah, that's that's a step, mm-hmm. but that is 100% motion. motion. That's not yeah. getting me towards my goal of developing my business. Mm-hmm. I actually have to get out of the car, go make myself uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and go talk to people. Yeah. So think about you, whatever, you know, as you're listening to this, whatever your job is, whatever goal you're after, for me, that's what speaks to me is, is action versus motion. Mm-hmm. So that's a very real example. Yeah. So I, I challenge you to sit here and think about what are you doing in your life? What motions are you going? You know, they, they call it going through the motions. Mm-hmm. What things are you comfortably going through as opposed to taking the harder step mm-hmm. that's actually going to get you to where you are? So I love that, that he starts this chapter off with that idea, which is, hey, all those things are great. The planning, the process, all that's good. But until you actually take action, you're not getting where you want to go. So I thought that was a great point. And that leads to, he says, uh, a a big question he's always asked is, how long does it take to form a new habit? And so from the book, one of the most common questions I hear is, how long does it take to build a new habit? But what people really should be asking is, how many does it take to form a new habit? That is, How many repetitions are required to make a habit automatic? Your current habits have been internalized over the course of hundreds, if not thousands of repetitions. New habits require the same level of frequency. You need to string together enough successful attempts until the behavior is firmly embedded in your mind and you cross the habit line. To build a habit, you need to practice it. And the most effective way to make practice happen is is to adhere to the third law of behavior change. Make it easy. Mm. (laughs) Again, repetition, right? The only way I'm going to build the habit in my business, and I'll keep using the business development example, the only way it's going to become easier is by knocking on more doors. Yeah, It's never going to get easier if I continue to be scared to go talk to people or I continue to be scared to fail at, at that process. It's only going to get easier the more I do it, right? For you, fitness, same thing, right? Getting into shape's only going to be easier the more times you show up to the gym. That's right. It can't be done by going once a week. Mm-hmm. That's a start, but if you really want to get better and get in better shape, you have to. That's just part of it. You've got to lose the whole mentality of it's got to be perfect or i got to have it all figured out. Just dive headfirst in because yeah. that's really the best way to get to a habit. It's, it's got to be formed over yeah. a long period of time. Now, that's not every habit, right? Some habits, uh, it takes very, like we talk about, you know, me waking up early. Mm-hmm. I remember that was a two-week process, literally. Like it sucked really bad to wake up early for like two weeks. And then after that, 
I guess my body just decided, hey, this dude's not gonna let us sleep in. Let's just, yeah, let's adjust. And we, I know that because so I that get was two weeks Saturday mornings <laughs> at five forty-five, right? Because now it's just so it's so ingrained in me. It didn't yeah. take long. I, yeah. I didn't need thousands of, of mornings, yep. thankfully, yep. to wake up early. I probably wouldn't do it if it took thousands. Right. So some some habits, it's great. It, it forms quickly, mm-hmm. but a lot of those good habits, it's gonna. Nutrition is a good example. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a lot of time and a lot of attempt to make a habit established. So I thought that was an interesting, interesting point. So then he gets into, like I said, practical advice and, and two strategies. He talks about of how to make a habit easier. The two, hab, the two strategies he highlights, number one, is follow the least effort. Follow the law of least effort, sorry. That's what we were talking about a second ago. And so from the book, he says... Conventional wisdom holds that motivation is the key to habit change. Maybe if you really wanted it, you'd actually do it. But the truth is, our real motivation is to be lazy and to do what is convenient. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And despite what the latest productivity bestseller will tell you, this is a smart strategy, not a dumb one. Energy is precious, and the brain is wired to conserve it whenever possible. It is human nature to follow the law of least effort, which states that when deciding between two similar options— people will naturally gravitate towards the option that requires the least amount of work. Look at any behavior that fills up your life, and you'll see that it is performed with very low levels of motivation. That's what you're talking about, Tyler. Mm -hmm. Habits like scrolling on our phones, checking email, and watching television steal so much of our time because they can be, be performed without almost any effort. They are remarkably convenient. Certainly, you're capable of doing hard things. The problem is, that some days you feel like doing the hard work and some days you feel like giving in. On the tough days, it's crucial to have as many things working in your favor as possible so that you can overcome the challenges life naturally throws your way. The less friction you face, the easier it is for your stronger self to emerge. The idea behind make it easy is not only to do easy things. The idea is to make it as easy as possible in the moment to do things that pay off in the long run. Mm. What's going through your head right now? You're looking at me like, like, like there's a lot of things spinning in the head. Yeah. So we, uh, you, we wear this badge of honor a lot and I, and I'm guilty of this is that we want to say we're hard workers, right? Hardest worker in the room, you know, the rocks, the rock, yep. You know, the rocks, a big proponent of that. And, and that's, and that's great, but I, okay, let's just use the rock. For example, what he's, what he has mastered is he's, he's mastered making it easy, right? He's got a gym that travels with him mm-hmm. everywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. He's got a chef a great point. that cooks the perfect, the right nutrition for him. He's got a schedule that allows and is built in. I'm not saying he doesn't work hard. He does. Mm-hmm. He works his ass off. It's, it, he just makes it easy mm-hmm. to work hard. Yes, yes. And so I, a lot of times, what I'm guilty of is, is and as I'm thinking through this, I'm thinking like, okay, I, I like to say I'm super busy, but in reality, I'm actually making it harder for myself to be productive because what I do, and, and this has to do with my time, and, and this is, and my wife says all the time, she goes, there's very few things that you're bad at, but one for sure is time. I'm always late. I'm always Amen. late. But, and it's true. And here's, and here's what I'm, I'm thinking. I don't know if this is a real reason, but what I do is I do little things all the way up to the last second. So I'm rushing to the next thing. So I feel like I'm always busy. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like, okay, because I'm busy all the time, like I'm, I'm, 
I'm, I'm really productive. That's not the case. I'm not productive. I'm not nearly as productive as I could be because I make it all hard for myself as opposed to, okay, I need, I need to be on time. I need to be early. I need to get there. And I've got this blocked out, make it really easy to be successful. And, and I I think this is, this is exactly it, right? Is we, we pursue laziness. So recognize that, acknowledge it. Yeah. Laziness is conservation, right? Yeah. We want to conserve energy. Yeah. Work smarter, not harder. See, I always, I always wore this badge of working harder, not smarter. And in reality, I'm less productive. I just think of, I'm 37 years old, where I could be, the things I could have done Mm -hmm. had I implemented some of these habits, you know, five years ago when I retired or 20 years ago when I was in, gosh, dude, 20 years ago, (sighs) college. Um, you know what I mean? So I, I'm I'm guilty of this, and this is that this that spoke to me. Yeah. Because being busy, working hard, is not a badge of honor. Yes, you can work hard because when it's teed up, when I'm when I'm at the gym at 5 a.m., it's really easy to work mm-hmm. out and push myself really, really hard. Right. I love that. I love pushing my body to a place that I didn't think I could go. But the hard part is waking up. Right. The hard part is waking up, getting yourself to the yeah. gym. So those are the things. Those are the aspects of it. You, you can't replace once you're there yeah. the effort that it requires to make change. You can't replace that. You can't yeah. make that easier. Yep. But you can make every easier every step leading up to the gym mm-hmm. as easy as possible. And that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Is it's not he's not saying there's no effort required here. Yeah. He's just saying to get you to the doorstep. Yeah. That needs to be as easy as possible. Yeah. The, the steps, the the friction well, you face to get to that door, to get to the gym. Yeah. You better have everything going in your favor if that's a tough, if that's a habit you're trying to establish. Because if it's too difficult, you're never going to stick with it. Everybody can work really hard for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to sustain it forever. Yeah. For me, it's it's not the habit of working out. That's not what I need to. It's the habit of having a good dinner, good healthy Mm -hmm. dinner. It's a habit of prepping for the next day. It's the habit of getting in bed. Mm -hmm. And if I am going to watch TV shutting it off at nine, nine thirty, ten o'clock, whatever, to allow for the recovery. It's those habits yeah. that then make the, the, um, the forward facing habit, right? The fitness, the, the aesthetics, the, the work, you know, prepping for the next day, the revenue, right? The things that like everybody sees, those aren't the habits. That's not the habit. I need to work harder on making more money or I need to work harder on getting a promotion. I need to work harder. That's not the habits that I need to work on to make it easy to achieve those. Right. right? Those are the results of it. It's the habits of eating the right foods at the right time, yep. getting the rest that you need, waking up early. Those are all the things that make it easy. Because if I'm asleep at 10 o'clock, you better believe it's not a problem for me to get up at 4 a.m. <laughs> but if I'm watching something till 1 a.m., it sure is hard right. to get up at yep. 4.30. Yeah. And so if you're sitting there thinking, well, yeah, that's easy for The Rock to do, right? He's got all this money. Yeah. Of course, he can have a traveling gym. He can have a chef. That's great. He can make it really easy. So it doesn't require private chefs and what gyms the Rock that follow with? you, right? What did The Rock start with? Money-wise? Yeah. He calls it seven bucks. Seven bucks productions. Right? Yeah. Started with seven dollars in yeah. his wallet. Right. And he established these habits. Right. Yeah. And so how how can you do that without you know <laughs> making crazy changes like the rock does? So says one thing is is to prime the environment for future use. This is exactly what you're talking. You're getting ready for your five a.m. workout the night before. Mm-hmm. You're priming the environment for everything to go your way. 
Because you know in the morning if you're sitting around rushing and your head's cut off like a chicken and you're trying to run around, it's not likely to happen. So you're priming the environment the night before. And so here's what he talks about. He says, the central idea is to create an environment where doing the right thing is as easy as possible. Much of the battle of building better habits comes down to finding ways to reduce the friction associated with our good habits and increase the friction associated with our bad ones. There are many ways to prime your environment so it's ready for immediate use. If you want a cookie healthy breakfast, place the skillet on the stove. Set the cooking spray out on the counter and lay out any plates and utensils you'll need the night before. When you wake up, making breakfast will be easy. Want to exercise? Set out your workout clothes, shoes, gym bag, and water bottle ahead of time. Want to improve your diet? Chop up a ton of fruit and vegetables on weekends and pack them in containers so you have easy access to healthy, ready-to-eat options during the week. We should ask ourselves the same question. How can we design a world where it's easy to do what's right? Redesign your life so the actions that matter most are also the actions that are easiest to do. Notice none of those examples required a private chef or a gym that, that travels with you. Those are easy things. I mean, the, the meal prep, right? That's one of the, yes, it takes time on a Sunday afternoon. It takes, you know, whatever, two to three hours to prep every meal. But guess what? That's when you don't have as much going on so that during the week, all your meals are already made for you. And you don't have to think when you're stressed, when you're tired, the decision's already been made for you. You know what you're going to eat. It's yeah. there for you. You don't have to decide in that moment, what do I eat? Mm-hmm. It's there for you. You've primed your environment in a way that aligns with the goal that you have of being a healthier person and eating a better diet. Yeah. Because you took the time on that Sunday to prime your environment and make it as easy as possible. No decision. There's no friction. There's nothing. You just simply heat up the food. That's right. That's as easy as you can possibly make That's it. That's so right. And, and I mean, the meal prep thing. Oh, well, Sundays I watch football or Sundays I do this. Well, guess what? There's commercials. And guess how long it takes to cut up a crate of strawberries? Right. Not long. Yeah. How long does it take to, to cut up apples? Not long, right? So you, you can fit it in. Here's one thing that, that everything looks different. So I mentioned I was on vacation last week. So... One of the things, one of my goals for that week, which is a habit that was really hard for me to break, was to unplug, not answer emails, not be checking every second. So you know what I did in order to prime the environment for future use is I took my email app on my phone and I moved it to the last screen. So when I opened my phone, I didn't see the notifications mm, of my email. Yeah, I literally had to intentionally scroll so over that, that's creating more friction yes. for a bad habit for right bad it's habit. harder for you now to reach that mm-hmm. so you're less likely to do it because there's more friction there's more steps in between that's exactly and, that's a great and i turned off the notifications on the on the flight there i sent my auto reply on and i turned off notifications for email and i moved the uh the icon to the last page mm-hmm. and guess what i did great it, i mean you asked asked my wife she's like okay this was a First time I've had you 100% present wow. for this amount of time. That's awesome. And it was so, and I, and I just I just made the decision on the way there. It wasn't I didn't think about it. I was like, you know what? Like I can't be distracted. Like my kids need me to be mm. present this week. That's good, man. That's really good. My wife is a good example of of creating a good habit. I'm super proud of her. I've known her since 2010. Yeah, we first started dating in 2010. So that's what 12 years going on 12 years now that I've known her, and she's never once cared about fitness or nutrition in that entire 12 years that I've known her. She eats what she wants. She never exercises and she stays in great shape just because she's got good genetics. Right. And she's just a small person in Don't general. You hate those people. Yeah. I hate her. 
but she's never, it's never been really top of mind for whatever reason, the last few months, she's, it started to pique her interest more Mm -hmm. getting in better shape and and taking care of her nutrition started to be something that she, uh, has taken more interest in. Mm -hmm. So what did she do? She tried to prime the environment to make it as easy as possible to create these, because these new habits are hard for her, right? They're not easy for her because she's never been into this. So first thing she did is she went and joined a CrossFit gym. And the beauty with that is now it's it's right near our house. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't take long to get there. So that's easy. There's people there. there, There's a community there that's expecting her. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that makes it. It's easy to show up because she's excited Mm -hmm. to work out with other individuals. Now, if she had just joined a 24-hour fitness and she was just going in there by herself, I don't think she would have stuck with it as long. But she's consistently showing up because she's made it that part of it easy. Mm She's made everything easy to set to, to get herself in the door. Yep. Now, like we were saying earlier, she's still got to work hard when she gets there. Mm-hmm. There's still effort, but getting it, getting to the door, she's she's automated as yeah. much as possible. Same thing with nutrition. She actually did this last night. She's got an entire list, a paper of what she eats for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She's got it written out, planned out. She went to the grocery store. She bought all the groceries. Now on Wednesday, when she's stressed with our two kids and She's tired and she just wants that cheeseburger. It's not an option. She's got the meal right there already made for her. And so she's making the, she's priming the environment, following the law. Because the least effort in that moment is going to be just to heat up the food. Yep. As opposed to having to get in the car, go to the fast food restaurant, order the burger, come back. That's more effort at this point mm-hmm. than the effort she's already put in. Yep. And so I'm super that's proud cool. of her for that. But that's a great way to get it. The second one. The second strategy, and I'm going to be honest with you, this one I didn't really jive with because I have such an obsessive pedal to the metal, full throttle mentality. Mm-hmm. This method personally for me doesn't speak to me as much. Now, maybe for you listening, maybe this does speak to you. So I do want to go over it. I don't want to disregard it just because it doesn't fully speak to me. Yeah, I get the concept of it, but it just, I'm not probably going to apply this next one, but maybe it'll work yeah. for you. And he calls it the two minute rule. The two minute rule. Even when you know you should start small, it's easy to start too big. When you dream about making a change, excitement inevitably takes over, and you end up trying to do too much too soon. Now, I can relate to that. (laughs) The most effective way I know to counteract this tendency is to use the two-minute rule, which states, when you start a new habit, it should take less than two minutes to do. You'll find that nearly any habit can be scaled down into a two-minute version. Quote, unquote, read, read before bed each night becomes read one page. Run three miles becomes tie my, tie my running shoes. The idea is to make your habits as easy as possible to start. This is a powerful strategy because once you started doing the right thing, it's much easier to continue doing it. A new habit should not feel like a challenge. The actions that follow can be challenging, but the first two minutes should be easy. What you want is a, quote, unquote, gateway habit that naturally leads you down a more productive path. People often think it's weird, like me, to get hyped about reading one page or meditating for one minute or making one sales call. But the point is not to do one thing. The point is to master the habit of showing up. The truth is a habit must be established before it can be improved. We rarely think about change this way because everyone is consumed by the end goal. But one push-up is better than not exercising One minute of guitar practice is better than none at all. One minute of reading is better than never picking up a book. It's better to do less than you hoped than to do nothing at all. All right, we're going to take a quick break from the episode and recognize an opportunity that we all have. 
it, if you are having a hard week or you just need some R&R, here's what you got to do is you got to drive up 75 north, cross the Red River to Durant, Oklahoma, to Choctaw Casino and Resort. It is the best getaway that you can mm. get if you're in the Dallas area by far. And guess what? If you're listening from somewhere outside of DFW, say you're in South Texas or you're in another state, which we've yeah. got some listeners uh, in other states, fly into Dallas, drive up. It is worth every penny. You don't have to go to Vegas anymore to have a world-class experience at a world-class resort and casino. Yeah, we talk about the restaurants that are up there, those steakhouses. We talk about the concert venue. Uh, we, we had a conversation with Aaron Watson previously, and he talked about the the intimacy, every single seat in that concert venue is right on top. And there's not a bad seat in the house. There's not. And so these artists talk about it's one of the best places to play. And so go check, check out your, yourself a concert, the spa, the, the brand new expansion. I mean, it's just such a good time. To your point, Tyler, if you need a break, things are getting crazy, times are tough, get up there, get up to Choctaw Casino Resort, have yourself a great time. We, we experience it. We love it. Uh, they're doing great things in the community. Can't say enough good things, and we're so grateful for their partnership. That's Choctaw Casino Resort. Go check them out. Now back to the episode. What do you think? Uh, I, I see why you would struggle with this, right? If and again, you, I get the concept. I, yeah. I totally, I, yeah. I understand. It's better to do something small than nothing yeah. at all. I get yeah. that. But my brain just doesn't work on. I, I just can't comprehend how literally doing one push up yeah. <laughs> is going to be beneficial to me. Now again, I get it. If if Push-ups are hard or, or exercise is hard, and, like, mm-hmm. you're just trying to create that. I get that. Mm-hmm. But to me personally, it just – Yeah, so I, what I didn't it, jive with I that think one. when he said it's, it's a gateway habit, I think that's the, right, that's the right terminology to use because it's essentially tricking your mind into getting into motion, to moving your body or to, to yeah. reading or moving your mind. Because for me, I'll, I'll use reading. Reading is one of those things that I order books twice a month, and it comes and it sits and then I think, okay, I'm going to read a chapter tonight. And I literally will not open that book because, oh gosh, I got to commit 45 minutes or 30 minutes to reading this or <laughs> yeah, we don't read so good. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Putting words together is hard. And so I won't do it. But if it's literally say one page and, and this is how like for me in kind of my faith journey, like reading the Bible is really hard for me to do. Like it's hard to get into it because it's such a daunting task. If I've got a study, like Bible recap, we had Tara Lee Cobble on. Now, if it's, okay, hey, I've just got to read a chapter or I've just got to read these verses, I get in it. What happens is I trick myself into saying, okay, it's really not that much work. Okay, I can can do this. That's easy. Okay, take five minutes, read, listen to three-minute podcast, and I'm done. Ten minutes, easy. Well, what happens is, is I get into it and I read it and I'm like, I get lost in it. I'm like, Gosh, okay, I want to know what, what happens next. Oh, I, want to, I want to read. And I end up going through and doing more than I thought I was going to do, like running, tying your running shoes, getting up, and all I've got to do today, get up, tie my running shoes, I go walk to the end of the driveway and back. For me, my driveway is longer, but yeah. it's okay, I get there, and then it's like, you know what, I'm already up, yeah. might as well do more. Right. And so I think that's what he's trying to get to here, is if you can get yourself up. If I woke up early to walk and just put my running shoes on, I might as well do something, yeah. but it's tricking your mind into actually doing it saying, Hey, I've only got to do this. If, if it's, I get to the driveway and I really don't want to do it. Guess what? That's better than laying in bed and not getting up. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's, yeah, I guess it's, that, it's yeah. almost, it's yeah. almost like you're tricking yourself into it. But if you can consistently say, Hey, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk to the driveway. Okay. Then I'm going to walk to the corner. 
then I'm going to do this. Like as you are, if you're actually following this, that's where the progression yeah. starts. You've got to start small. I get what you're saying where it's, hey, I'm not going to shoot so low that like there's no progress being made. I get that. But it's, it is, it is creating the habits in a very easy, manageable way that gets you, I think, excited about it. Mm -hmm. And like I mentioned reading, like you get it, you get into this book, you're like, Hey, I'm going to read 10 pages. Do you ever just read 10 pages? If it's, yeah. if it's worth, you know, the right. book, book's even good. Yeah. No, you, next thing you know, you're 30, 30 pages into it. And you're like, okay, because I told myself I was only going to read this. I ended up doing right. more. Yeah. That's a good point. I guess. Yeah. I guess the point's not necessarily you're literally only going to do one push-up because yeah, it's, it's likely that you're going to do more that's right. if you can just at least do But breaking it down, to, I can do one. Anybody can do one push-up. But, yeah, that's the point of, of just – it's like the law, an object uh, an object in motion tends to stay in motion. That's right. right? So that's the idea. I think. So, yeah, no, I get that. I guess just with my brain, it just doesn't <laughs> – Yeah. I, I'm never going to stop at one page. Yeah. That's just not how I'm – Look, some people may be wired like, hey, I, I'm going all in and I'm going to – exceed whatever yeah. I want to do. So I'm going to pick these goals that are lofty because, okay, if that works for you, great. But if that's not you, yeah. this two-minute rule, I think, is a really good way to start the motion. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I'll, I'll also, if I'm being honest, I, I think I'm, I'm, my mind is only thinking of habits that are easier for me. Yeah. But I am thinking, again, back to that business development habit. If it's so hard for me to go and knock door-to-door, -door, instead of thinking I'm going to go knock on 20 doors today, just knock on the one. first one. I'm going to go knock on one door today. Yeah. I'm going to go talk to one person today. Yeah. That action, well, that wasn't so bad. That, oh, no, my, my head didn't get torn yeah. off on that. I, I survived. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm still breathing. Yeah. I'm going to go talk to that. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I get that. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. And so, that's habit, or that's, uh, that's law number three is to make it easy. And, again, two, two strategies you can take. Follow the law of least effort, which is just priming your environment. Making everything as easy as possible. Again, something I do, I've mentioned this in the past, I lay out my workout clothes the night before. Yep. So that's right at my sink, right where I brush my teeth. It's easy. It's there. It's in my face. You don't do the skeleton like me. I literally would lay my shorts out, and then I lay the shirt out. <laughs> I did out, that as a kid. And I put my shirt, soccer my shoes with the socks. <laughs> yeah, I literally yeah. still do that. Do you really? I literally still do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it, in the morning, it's not uh -huh. thinking, going into my closet and thinking, all right, what am I going to put on? It's it's right there. It's laid out there yeah. for me. That's easy, right? I can put my work. And once my workout clothes are on, I can't not work out right. once my workout clothes are on. Yeah. Right? So prime your environment, and then number two is follow the law. Or follow the two-minute rule. So if something's really, really difficult for you, break it down to its lowest possible form. Yep. Instead of thinking, I'm going to read a whole chapter tonight, just read one page. Because the likelihood is that once you get into that one page, once you can get yourself there, the likelihood is that you're going to continue on right. into that habit. So that leads to the final law, which wraps it all up. It ties in all of these first three laws that we've been talking about. And the fourth law is make it satisfying. And so from the book, he says, the cardinal rule of behavior change. What is rewarded is repeated. What is punished is avoided. You learn what to do in the future based on what you were rewarded for doing or punished for doing in the past. Positive emotions cultivate habits. Negative emotions destroy them. The first three laws of behavior change make it obvious, make it attractive, and make it easy. Increase the odds that a behavior will be performed this time. The fourth law of behavior change make it satisfying increases the odds that a behavior will be repeated next time it completes the habit loop i thought that was a really good line yeah. so those first three things that's all going to get me to do the habit this time mm -hmm. but it has to be rewarding i have to see some sort of progress yep 
something has to come out of this for me to want to do it next time and mm-hmm. continue doing it. Yeah. And I, I think some, I think people are wired differently. Uh, I think the rewarding comes in different forms. I think in, you know, the, the workplace is if you have, if you have a, a, a superior, whether it's a manager, owner, whatever role you are, if, if you are fed by um, applause or you're fed by like confirmation, Hey, great job, man. You, that was awesome. I really appreciate you. You're doing, and you're not getting that from, from your boss and you're not, you're not getting the uh, rewards that, that feed you and that fuel you. It's really hard to continue to go do the business development, to continue to produce. If the things that you seek, right, that whatever your love language is in, in um, your rewards, if you're not receiving those, it's really hard to stay motivated. Like, man, they don't appreciate me. Like, nobody cares if I'm here. If, if I didn't do this, they wouldn't say anything to me anyway. So why am I doing this? Like, I get it. I think the, the goal is, is to understand what rewards drive you and then either communicate those to people that are going to help you from an accountability standpoint. Accountability is not always, hey, man, if I don't do this, you better get on me. You better, you better yell at me or call me out or embarrass me if, if I do this. Sometimes accountability is, hey, listen, I'm, I'm driven and I'm just, I'm, I'm calling it like it is. I'm driven by someone applauding me for the hard work that I did or, yeah. or giving me praise. Some people like compliments. That's what drives them. That's, right. what, that's what the reward is. Some people, it's, hey, I need a bonus. Listen, if, could we set up some sort, of, uh, some sort of contest where if we get so many cold calls or we do so many sales, we do this, can you, would, would you offer $100 in cash? I mean, we do it all the time. We do sales. It's so crazy. We do these, these sales contests or setting first meetings at our, at our office. And like the rewards, a thousand dollars. You're like, Oh my gosh, that's a thousand dollars. Like cash, like boom, there you go. And everybody's super motivated. But the reality is, is you actually do it and land a deal. You can make 10, 20 times right. that. Right. And it, and it's like, so why wouldn't we do it? If we're motivated by money, but it's not the money that they're motivated by. It's the applause. It's the yeah. recognition. It's the compliments that mm-hmm. they get. So recognize what that reward is and then set, make it easy, set the stage, set the environment so that you can get those rewards. Yeah. And we're actually going to dive into that here in a second uh, about that sales example that you were talking about. Um, and, and to make, like, if you think about whatever habit that it is, the hard thing about habits is there's, a good habit, at least, to establish a good habit, it's hard to see an immediate return. Right. It's hard to see exactly what you're getting out of it. So, if, if for instance, if, if you want to lose weight, you're not going to lose that 100 pounds day one. It's going to take time slowly over. So, you need to see little wins along the way to keep you motivated, and that's his yep. whole point. You can't get the satisfaction on day one, so what are some ways that you can get some satisfaction mm-hmm. so that you continue to stick along with this habit. And so we're going to talk about two strategies um, to, to uh, how to keep your habits on track and how to make them satisfying. But before we get into that, why are we wired this way? And this is a conversation we've had. We call it the I want it now mentality. Why do we need to see results today? If we're building a business, why do most people give up? Well, because they're not millionaires mm. three weeks in. Yeah. So why are we wired that way? Why do we think about why, why do we have to have instant, instant gratification or, or, or the I want it now? 
He says, in modern society, many of the choices you make today will not benefit you immediately. You live in what scientists call a delayed return environment because you can work for years before your actions deliver the intended payoff. The human brain did not evolve for a life in a delayed return environment. It is only recently, during the last 500 years or so, that society has shifted to a predominantly delayed return environment. The world has changed much in recent years, but human nature has changed little. Our ancestors spent their days responding to grave threats, securing the next meal, and taking shelter from a storm. It made sense to place a high value on instant gratification. The distant future was less of a concern. And after thousands of generations in an immediate return environment, our brains evolved to prefer quick payoffs to long-term ones. So how does this tie into habits? With our bad habits, the immediate outcome usually feels good but the ultimate outcome feels bad. With good habits, it's in the reverse. The immediate outcome is unenjoyable, but the ultimate outcome feels good. The cost of your good habits are in the present. The cost of your bad habits are in the future. As a general rule, the more immediate pleasure you get from an action, the more strongly you should question whether it aligns with your long-term goals. Here's the problem. Most people know that delaying gratification is the wise approach. They want the benefits of good habits to be healthy, productive, at peace, but these outcomes are seldom out of my, are seldom top of mind at the decisive moment. Thankfully, it's possible to train yourself to delay gratification, but you need to work with the grain of human nature, not against it. The best way to do this is to add a little bit of immediate pleasure to the habits that pay off in the long run and a little bit of immediate pain to the ones that don't. So thank the Lord we have a reason for why we want things immediately right now, today. There's actually an explanation. on. I don't know yeah. if we ever got into that. No, not, not quite like that. In, I mean, that makes the, sense. Into that de- but doesn't that make sense, right? Yeah. We, for, for years and years and years, that's how we survived, right? You didn't care about five years down the road. You were just trying to eat. Yeah. And how do you eat? You go out and you kill something. You get an immediate result that day or else you starve. Yeah. So it's just fascinating to me that, I keep thinking like I'm bad for thinking that I need immediate results. Mm-hmm. That there's something wrong with me because I'm so impatient. But really, that's human nature. Yeah. We're all wired that way. Yeah. That's just how we are. Yeah. And I think, too, and we've talked about this, is the exposure that we have in the, uh, the window in other people's lives that we have, the access, mm-hmm. uh, I think has, mm-hmm. has made it much mm-hmm. stronger, right? Because we, we see what we want. We see that it can be accomplished and we compare ourselves to these people, and mo- if we're honest, most times we're like, I'm better than that person. Like, there's right. no reason that person should have that, and I shouldn't, right? So the access, so we see it, and we see all these rewards and instant gratifications, you know, the, the Insta-famous and, you know, the going viral and all these things that people don't necessarily, but we, again, we're not, we don't have the access to all the work that it took before they were right. an overnight sensation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if, if good habits delay, if it takes a while typically to see the results and the rewards for a good habit, mm-hmm. what are some ways, how can we turn instant, instant gratification to our advantage? So if we want it now, what are some ways that we can have a little taste of that success mm-hmm. and that reward? And that's uh, the first method that he talks about here. The vital thing in getting a habit to stick is to feel successful, even if it's a small way. The feeling of success is a signal that your habit paid off and that the work was worth the effort. In a perfect world, the reward for a good habit is the habit itself. In the real world, 
Good habits tend to feel worthwhile only after they provided you with something. Early on, it's all sacrifice. You've gone to the gym a few times, but you're not stronger or fitter or faster, at least not in any noticeable sense. It's only months later, once you shed a few pounds or your arms gain more definition, that it becomes easier to exercise for its own sake. In the beginning, you need a reason to stay on track. This is why immediate rewards are essential. They keep you excited while the delayed rewards accumulate in the background. The ending of an experience is vital because we tend to remember it more than other phases. You want the ending of your habit to be satisfying, and the best approach is to use reinforcement, which refers to the process of using an immediate reward to increase the rate of behavior. One of my readers and his wife wanted to stop eating out, eating out so much and start cooking together more. They labeled their savings account trip to Europe. Whenever they skipped going out to eat, they, refer, they transferred $50 into the account. At the end of the year, they put the money towards the vacation. In summary, a habit needs to be enjoyable for it to last. Simple bits of reinforcement can offer the immediate pleasure you need to enjoy a habit. And change is easy when it's enjoyable. That's good. Gosh, that's good. That's, I mean, that's, that's a great one. I think of, of all the times that going out, for example, going out to eat, it's just easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that I don't want to. Uh, you know, I started my diet today, whatever it may be. But there's no real reward for me yeah. to not go out. And it's more expensive to go out either. You know yes. that, right? Yes. You know it's more expensive. You know, yes. But in the moment, it feels easier. It's yeah. better. It feels it feels good. Yeah. Like, screw the future. I don't need the money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need food now. It's just $20. <laughs> right. right. And that's, gosh, that's great, man. And, I'm like, that's what I'm doing today is I, I'm literally going to go open another account. And I'm going to say, okay, every time I prep my meals and I bring my lunch to work, I'm going to transfer $18. I'm mm. going to pick a random number. Yeah. I'm going to transfer $18 into this account because I did not go out. That's what lunch costs us at the star pretty much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. it's like, okay, hey, I'm going to transfer that over. And there you go. There's a fund. Yep. I love it. Yeah, I thought that was a uh, – it's such a simple idea. But yeah. they got to go to, on a trip because they delayed that gratification. But even so, like, you see this account grow. So yeah. it's like, all right. There's and your, all you're doing your is taking money from one hand, moving it to the other hand. Right. But Yeah. So the ultimate reward is yeah. the trip, yeah. but you are getting bits of reward along mm-hmm. the way by seeing that account grow. That's exactly right. And knowing that that's what you're working for. Yeah. So how do you do this? How do you keep your habits on track? Uh, he's, he, implement, he implements, or he talks about implementing, it's called a habit tracker. Mm-hmm. And anybody who loves to-do lists, mm-hmm. this is what he's talking about, habit tracking. Everybody loves seeing the little tick off, right, mm-hmm. of your to-do list being marked off. That's what a habit tracker is. It says a habit tracker is a simple way to measure whether you did a habit. The most basic format is to get a calendar and cross off each day you stick with your routine. For example, if you meditate on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, each of those days gets an X. As time rolls by, the calendar becomes a record of your habit streak. Habit tracking is powerful because it leverages multiple laws of behavior change. It simultaneously makes a behavior obvious, attractive, and satisfying. So I've actually been doing this, like I said, in the teaser in the opening. A lot of these things I've, you know, we, we do but we didn't have a name for it. We, I didn't know it was called habit tracking. Mm-hmm. So my workout, I have a workout journal. I write every single workout for the last five or six years. I write it in a journal mm. and I, and I go by week. So one page is an entire week. I'll, I'll box off mm-hmm. however many days I'm working out that week. And so I have my workout recorded. And what I do at the end of each workout is I draw a big X 
over that box. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, it's thinking, there we go. I got it done, right? right. I, I got the habit done. It's good. Now I'm on to the next. And, and it just, in my mind, it's a reward system for my brain. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Look at the type of person you're becoming yes. because you're exercising. That's right. And again, it's subtle. Doesn't feel like maybe it makes a big difference. But to me, it feels really good to see how many X's I, and I go back and look at these logs and these journals and how many X's I have, how each one of those and the way he phrases is a vote for the person I'm trying to become. Yep. Being a healthy fit person. Yep. So that's an easy, tangible way. I can see how much progress I'm making because I have it written down and I'm putting Mm -hmm. an X by each one. I mean, this is, this is what I do. So, uh, I was a, I'm a list guy like you, like I love checking things off the list. Like there's a, there's a reward in it. You got to be careful in being mm-hmm. a list person. You know, we near IL is really yep. big on saying, okay, Hey, time block instead of making lists, like it's not as productive, but guess what? If I get to check it off the box and I know it's something that I've got to do. And I, and I use the notes app quite a bit on, um, on my app, on my iPhone, and, and they've got, just for this reason, they've, you can literally create the boxes where you check it. And it feels so good <laughs> to check it. I didn't know about that feature. That's oh, good. yeah. So it's literally, as you're doing it, you call them. There's, there's literally an option down in the bottom left corner there mm. is you literally can, and, and it's a checkbox. You just hit it, and it checkmarks yeah. it. And I love that feeling, and, and it works for me because if I create this list, I'm going to get through the list today. Yeah. yeah. You've just got to be careful on adding things to the list to add things to the list. And that's, that's, we're going to get to that here in a second. The downsides yep. of habit tracking, cause you're right. There are some downsides. Uh, but, and we'll talk about this more, but I'm doing a lot of our listeners know Andy Frisella and his 75 hard program. Yep. I'm actually doing that right now. And the brilliant thing about that program is he has an app mm-hmm. that lists by day, every task that you have to do. And you could put a little check mark and when you click it, it crosses it out. Yeah. So you get to see, you literally get to check off each task every single day. At the end of the day, when you've checked off every task, it takes you to a calendar mm-hmm. and it shows you how many days you've, you've done. So you can see the progress. It's brilliant, right? Yep. I'm sure he did think of that, but if he didn't, it's a brilliant move in yep. psychology of thinking, look at, look how far I've come. Yep. So no, in two weeks, my body hasn't trans, and it's not a body transformation; it's a mental transformation. But in two weeks, my body hasn't completely changed in two weeks. Yeah. But I get to see the progress I have made, so it's enough yeah. to keep me on track and That's keep right. me doing. So, a couple of benefits. He, he lists three benefits or advantages of habit tracking. Benefit number one: research has shown that people who track their progress on goals like losing weight, quitting smoking, and lowering blood pressure are all more likely to improve than those who don't. One study of more than 1,600 people found that those who kept a daily food log lost twice as much weight as those who did not. The mere act of tracking a behavior can spark the urge to change it. That's exactly what we just talked about. Benefit number two, habit tracking is attractive. The most effective form of motivation is progress. When we get a signal that we are moving forward, we become more motivated to continue down the path. In this way, habit tracking can have an addictive effect on motivation. Each small win feeds your desire. This can be particularly powerful on a bad day. When you're feeling down, it's when you're feeling down, it's easy to forget about all the progress you've already made. Habit tracking provides visual proof of your hard work, a subtle reminder of how far you've come. Plus, the empty square you see each morning can motivate you to get started because you don't want to lose your progress by breaking the streak. And then benefit number three, habit tracking is satisfying. Habit tracking also keeps, helps you keep your eye on the ball. 
You're focused on the process rather than the result. You're not fixated on getting six-pack abs. You're just trying to keep the streak alive and become the type of person who doesn't miss workouts. In summary, habit tracking, one, creates a visual cue that can remind you to act. Two, is inherently motivating because you see the progress you're making and don't want to lose it. And three, feels satisfying whenever you record another successful instance of your habit. Furthermore, habit tracking provides visual proof that you are casting votes for the type of person you wish to become, which is a delightful form of immediate and intrinsic gratification. So habit tracking. That's good. And, and that's good that he ties all three of the first laws. Mm-hmm. But it's exactly what we're saying. It feels so good mm-hmm. to see how much progress. Because, yep. again, your body's not going to transform overnight. But you can see the, the progress you're making yeah. towards that goal. And that gives you just enough uh, enough juice juice along the way. Yeah, exactly right. Now, there is a downside to habit tracking. This is what you were referring to a second ago. So the dark side of tracking a particular habit is that we become driven by the number rather than the purpose behind it. If your success is measured by quarterly earnings, you'll optimize sales, revenue, and accounting for quarterly earnings. The human mind wants to win whatever game is being played. The pitfall is evident in many areas of life. We focus on working long hours instead of getting meaningful work done. We care more about getting 10,000 steps than we do about being healthy. We teach for standardized tests instead of emphasizing learning, curiosity, and critical thinking. In short, we optimize for what we measure. When we choose the wrong measurement, we get the wrong behavior. Measurement is only useful when it guides you and adds context to a larger picture, not when it consumes you. Each number is simply one piece of feedback in the overall system. All this to say it's crucial to keep, a habit, to keep habit tracking in its proper place. It can feel satisfying to record a habit and track progress, but the measurement is not the only thing mm. that matters. This is exactly what we were saying. Yep. Uh, and, and going back to the sales example, we did this at my old gym when I was in management. We would do um, contests for setting meetings or setting, setting um, yeah, client meetings. And what you find when you do that type of thing is everybody works really, really hard for that contest, right? Everybody wants that, that, whatever that reward is at the end. The problem is you're, like he talks about, you're optimizing for that short-term mm-hmm. goal. You're not actually establishing any habit. Yeah. You're just doing the things necessary. You're checking all the right boxes to get to that end goal. Our, our sales contests are a perfect example at work, right? Our numbers go up, our meetings set go up, and then the next month what happens? The numbers go right back down. Okay. Because nobody really took the time, and, and I'm, I'm yeah. number one guilty of this more than anybody. We did things in the extreme that month to win a contest. We didn't do things in the extreme that month to try to establish a new habit. Mm-hmm. So therefore, when the contest is over, when the end goal is there, you don't, you don't continue down the path because you're doing more than normal. You're just trying to win the contest. Right. You're not actually trying to build your business. Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating yeah. So that's the downside. It's, sure. it's, it's, it's tough because you've got to create the processes. You've got to create the, the habits. Um, and I think where organizations and individuals struggle is they get so hyper-focused on those, right? Set meetings, set meetings, set meetings, set meetings. You know, l- let's keep track of how many meetings we set when ultimately the goal is not to set meetings, right? Meetings don't translate to revenue. Yeah. I mean, Goals generate revenue. I, they, they do, but creating relationships, understanding, understanding your job and industry, understanding how to execute it. 
understanding how to sustain that business, right? All of those things, the ultimate goal is to create, and again, I'm going to use our industry. The ultimate goal is to create relationships in a book of business that generates revenue. Mm -hmm. And so when you're so focused and all of your time is cold call, set meetings, set meetings, all because there's a lot of people in in our industry, they're really good at cold calling and setting meetings, but they can't go execute because they've lost sight of what ultimately matters. Mm -hmm. What ultimately matters is, Hey, maybe hyper-focus on five prospects, dig deep with them, create relationships with them that creates long-term business and reoccurring revenue. So you're not having to start over every time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's focused on the, the long-term gain. And, and, and this is in, in my scenario in business, my first four years, I really struggled in the business. Like I struggled because it was hard because there was no immediate gratification. Yeah. But one thing that I was diligent about, and I'd, and I'd say it, and I don't know if I'd believe it all the time because it was really hard going home every night when your wife's like, okay, hey, well, when's the next commission check going to clear? Oh, yeah, 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 it's going to two months or mm-hmm. two weeks, you know, next pay, whatever. It's really hard to continue to just keep pushing it off. But I kept saying it, it was, hey, look, I'm in this for the long game. I'm not in this for just getting a quick deal. Mm-hmm. Because, and now this, the business development isn't, it's not something that I have to continue to focus on because now, because I focused on execution and relationships, now there's referrals. Now there's in, inbound business coming without having to work for it. Mm-hmm. And now I can really still continue focusing on relationships and the new opportunities and executing for clients. And I don't have to, I'm not worried about the process as right. much. Right. The process early on was really important for me. But at some point, you've got to transition from process focused to execution yep. focus. Yeah, back to the 75 hard example. It's great because it has a list, mm-hmm. but I'll take the part of one of the tasks you have to do every day is read at least 10 pages. Mm-hmm. And I'll use that as an example. It's really easy for me so far in this process to just, I'm just going to get these 10 pages, just get the 10 pages done, yeah. whatever means necessary. Yeah. I got to get it done, right? To, yeah. to check that off the yeah. list. Whereas the intent there, what am I learning from those 10 yeah. pages? What am I, ta- what book yeah. am I reading? What am I taking away? Yeah, so instead of thinking about I, yeah. what knowledge am I gaining by, by reading these 10 pages, yeah. my immediately thought is, okay, I got to get through these 10 pages. Yep. So that's the downside, right? Yep. You start going down your list, just trying to check them off and you're losing the intent, mm-hmm. right? The intent behind read 10 pages is what are you gaining from that? What, right. what knowledge are you accruing from that? Yeah. But it's really easy to slip into that. I just got to get it done. Yeah. Right. So that's the only downside or the big downside I would say of habit tracking is that it's easy to slip into the motion of it and, mm-hmm. and just trying to get things done mm-hmm. when really the intent is to improve yourself or get you towards that, keep you going yep. along that goal. So as a recap, like I said, laws three, law three is make it easy. Law four is make it satisfying. And that wraps up the four laws of behavior change. Make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. If you can do those things, if you can follow those practical steps that he lays out in this book, and again, go out and get this book. We intentionally left out a lot of gold in here Mm -hmm. so that you would have to go read the book yourself and get the full intent out of it. But if you can apply these things to whatever it is, whatever goal it is that you have, whether it's fitness, whether it's business, whether it's personal, whatever it is, if you can apply these practical steps, that's what I love about this book is it's practical, Mm -hmm. dumbed down for an idiot like me to understand that we can follow. So we've got one more episode. He actually has a bonus section, if you will, 
Uh, he calls it advanced tactics, how to go from being merely good to being truly great. Yeah. And he's got a lot of good little, uh, little tidbits in there. Um, and that's what we'll cover next time in our final installment, our part four of Atomic Habits. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed this series so far. Like I said, this, we've gotten a lot out of this personally. Hopefully you guys have gotten out of this. Well, Whitney was at, actually at the gym. She's out there hustling for us for the podcast. She was at the Love gym it. and one of the, one of the girls she was talking to, I don't know how they got started in the conversation, but they got started talking about our podcast. Oh, it was Knees Over Toes. Oh, the yeah. girl was talking about Knees Over Toes and my wife said, oh yeah, my husband podcast, they just talked to him. And so they started talking about the podcast and she opens it up literally right in front of my wife. She says, oh my gosh, they're going through the Atomic Habits book. I've, I have that book. I've been reading the mean, I've been meaning to read it. And so this is a hot, I mean, everybody's thinking about this yeah. right now is habits. It was the number one book on Amazon last year. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed this study. Hopefully it's brought some value to you. Hopefully you've learned some things uh, and, and maybe even gotten you to think outside the box of, you know, some of the points that we brought up. Maybe you thought of other things and that's great as well. So go get yourself Atomic Habits by James Clear. We've got one more episode. We appreciate you guys so much for joining us. Uh, again, 2022 is all about, you know, like I said, like we've said in the past, we've given a lot of discussion to past experiences that we've had, which is great, and we're going to continue doing that. But we want to be more curious going yeah. forward. We want to start looking the expertise and, and reading studies and reading books, and that's what this podcast is going for, to help you maximize and take full advantage of this opportunity that we all have. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please share the show. That's the best thing you can yeah. do for us is help us. Text it to a buddy. Text it to 10 of your buddies. Share it on Instagram. We're, at, uh, we're on Instagram at one.shot.pod. We're on YouTube, One Shot Podcast. I think those are the only two social medias we have right now. That's all we can keep up with at the moment. Yeah. Follow um, us individually as yeah, well. Follow us know. individually. Yep. Tyler, Darren, and I. Um, we appreciate you guys. Any closing words, closing remarks? No, man, I, I think if just just remember, if, if you're looking to make any type of change, it starts small. Um, it starts with tiny little habits that accumulate into something big. Uh, that's why we, we really wanted to go through this book because there, there's some tangible, tangible tools that you can take from this to actually make a shift. And look, even if it's a small shift in your life in the right direction, it's worth it. I promise you. Um, there's, there's so many things in this world that have been created for us to enjoy that we're holding ourselves back because of maybe just some bad habits. Yeah. Um, so I just encourage you start small and, and, you know, the, like the law of success, right. The making it attractive mm -hmm. is if you start to see the results, it's a snowball effect and it just, you, you're, the encouragement to continue encouragement to grow, to add more is just better and better. So I encourage you get this book, make a small change somewhere in your life that you've been wanting to just, Hey, look, even if you're going to fail, don't be afraid of it. Put yourself out there um, because the risk will be worth the reward. Yeah. So join us next week as we wrap up our four-part series. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week and a great weekend. We will see you on Monday.